live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a Tuesday morning, December 6, 2022. We've got 23 degrees in the capital city before we jump in with a pretty nice day today. High in the mid-40s, sunny skies, low winds, and so not looking bad whatsoever. Glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today. Uh, we will talk to Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. We've got John Baylor joining us, giving us a little bit of a look ahead to the Nebraska Volleyball NCAA Tournament match against Oregon on Thursday. We'll have your uh, morning drive. We'll count down the five things you're talking about today. Sound off and a whole lot more. So glad to have you with us today and i have got exciting news for everyone that there have been a lot of people demanding and it is uh it is looks like it is actually going to be potentially the case in the coming days there's a lot of people who said when can we bring back the fun of the 2022 local election season when what can we do to recapture the excitement and fun we all feel like we have empty lives right now uh, without that, uh, missing the campaign commercials, of course. Very much missing, missing the campaign that's, commercials. I mean, I get texts all day long about that. Well, I've got great news for everyone. We may be bringing it back at least one more time because we have got a uh, candidate in a legislative race involving the city of Lincoln that says, hold, hold your horses. We're bringing Election Day back. Uh, we may have a recount in District 26. This was the race between George Dungan III and Russ Barger. Uh, George Dungan uh, appeared to have won the race 5,960 to 5,736. But hold your horses. You might have thought it was over because... Well, Jack, that's not within the. I did some quick math in my head, and that is not within the one percent automatic recount that would normally come if you did have a very close race. But there is a part of the statute that allows candidates to call for a recall, even if it is outside of the one percent disparity, at the their recount. own expense. Yes, call for a recount, um, and. Russ Barger uh, did submit that request in due time to the Secretary of State at the end of last week, we're finding out now. Here's the thing. Uh, Barger would like that recount to be done by hand. He would like to have uh, election employees go through, look at them all, tally them, count them up, and give them the new total, give everybody the new total. The Secretary of State says... We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, does not. Uh, well, he didn't say this, but I did. that sounds like a lot of time for for this oh, whole what, thing. Eleven thousand votes total. Eleven thousand votes. You'd knock that out in an afternoon if you had a few friends over. Yeah. You, I, I would think. Um, but the Secretary of State says, "Hold on," uh, and, and sent this out to Barger yesterday. And said, hey, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it with a machine tabulator. That's how we always do this. Barger said in his filing, wait, the state law does not say 
that it needs to be done by a machine tabulator. And so I would prefer that it be done by hand in this situation. And it's unclear in the law how it needs to be. So maybe this is something that we need to clarify with the law anyway. But the Secretary of State's office said, you know what, machine counting this thing. And if you want that, we'll do it at your expense. But you got to let us know by the end of the day today to get this done. So we will see. We will see where this goes now. Uh, d- does he still pay the whatever? I don't know what it costs, like 6000 bucks. I think I read. Something like that, yeah. To, to, to get this thing retabulated. Um, or does he push the like the legal end of this a little bit further and say, well, uh, I think I think that I've got a right to have a hand count on this thing, and you know maybe go through the courts and and make that happen. Uh, I, so I'm not sure what his next move on this is, but uh, nonetheless, he's got the option to count the, uh, the do it by retabulation and see if there was a mistake of oh. I don't know, about 100, you probably you need a little over 100 votes flipped, 115 votes flipped the other direction. If that would happen, then that would revert, not only reverse that race, but would also change the, reverse uh, the, uh, the entire balance of power in the legislature right now. I mean, it broke just right for Republicans in the nonpartisan legislature to have that uh, filibuster, to not have that filibuster-proof majority. And um, so... I, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that tabulation, running those things through the tabulation or a hand count for that matter, is probably not gonna change enough votes for that to change the outcome. But nonetheless, this looks like maybe something that uh, Russ Barger wants to wants to go after, which he's within his rights to do to, to district, make happen. And District 26 is all within Lancaster County, so it it would be done, you know, at that level. Yes. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure why the secretary. I guess the secretary of state. That's where you a file. State law is the one that yeah. sets that out. I I suppose, and they're the ones who actually do the recounts on these things. Evidently, you know, there, there's just such a, a great level of trust and and accuracy that we've seen from the Lancaster County Election Commission. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe, like you say, that uh, you'll get that many votes switched. So so anyway, um, like I said. Exciting, exciting day for 2022 election fans. Well, isn't there a Lincoln man suing like everybody uh, for, for for the election? Oh, yeah, there is. I, saw <laughs> well, I didn't that. see this. Uh, I mean, uh, every everybody in terms of it, the, it's not just one party. So, oh, it, and everything everybody. was wrong. Every election, every election everything was wrong. Yes. Nobody, every, it was the opposite who actually was supposed to win. It's supposed to be Governor-elect Carol Blood just right now. Everything was rigged. Yeah. And then good news, speaking of good news, I mean, it's not quite election 2022 in the traditional sense, but it's kind of an opportunity for really anyone to grab an office. And Governor-elect Pillen now is taking applications for the vacant Senate seat that Ben Sass will be getting up out of in January. And and he made it official yesterday. He'll resign January 8th. January 8th. And so now... We have yes, there's a letter that uh, that Ben Sass sent to Governor Pete Ricketts, uh, announcing that that is the plan to to retire as of January eighth at twelve p.m. Eastern time. So, um, just in time for lunch. Oh wow, elitist Eastern time. Just already. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't write. He, 
<laughs> That's I've, I got the letter right in front of me. <laughs> I will resign as senator from the state of Nebraska effective January eighth, twenty twenty three, at twelve p.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so you've got if you'd like to be Nebraska's next senator, and I'd say there's a great chance that you get it with no seniority. With, though. with, with, with think, think about that now because of that date. If you'd like to, they're do behind that, everyone who was just elected. You can uh, you can uh, write a letter. You can write the. I don't know what the application process is like. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, if you've got if there's an essay question. Um, you need a cover letter. I'm not sure. I don't. I haven't gotten into that at this point. But you can now apply until Friday, December 23rd, and you could be on your way to Washington. Let's all apply. <laughs> I think it's uh, the governor elects version of 20 questions uh, from Thursday mornings here. Let's do uh you know before yeah what if we do kind of a blind um you know a blind you don't know the identity of who these people are but you get to ask them questions and then you select uh, as to who the next senator just so it's an even playing field that nobody with any It's like the college football playoff with yeah, the committee. Like the, Here, here's your blind resume. Right, we right. remove this, the name of the team. This person has been working in banking for 17 years. Has a degree from Nebraska Wesleyan. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit like the old uh, TV show, The Dating Game. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's that's how. And then, yeah, that, I think that'd be that'd be great. So some you, reason I think it's pretty well figured out. Really? I sounds like it's wide open to me. They're taking applications. They're also taking applications for some state seats. Yeah. Uh, here, uh, Senator Hilger's District 21. He's becoming the attorney general. So if you you could do both if you lived in the right district. If you lived in <laughs> District 21, you could apply, apply. for both seats. And, and then maybe you get both and you've got to make a decision at that point. You know, which one of these do I want? Let's see. <laughs> salary of 174000 a sa- or salary of $2,000, right? Which. <laughs> It's 12, isn't it? Yeah. Man, I'm, exa- I'm exaggerating, but yeah, that's I, after taxes. Right. <laughs> Two, two's closer to 12 than it is 175. Let's see. <laughs> but, you know, you got to commute a little further. True. True. Do your job. Yeah, do you get, do you get, uh, do you pay for your own commuting? I guess. I think, I, think I guess you do. Uh, you don't no. get a private jet if you're a senator? No. That stinks. Well, if you're well, Nancy still Pelosi, gonna, the still going to come out. Ahead, leadership, right? the, the leadership gets it. But. The, wait, the, is that true? Yeah, I actually, well, that's it. Well, get yourself a leadership position then. Become the next. Uh, become the next uh, majority leader of the Senate, or mi- minority leader well, of the like Senate, Caleb depending said, on your party. Like Caleb said, though, you know, it's going to you're, you're going in there the at the bottom. You're number one hundred. Right. Right. Um. So there you go. Nebraska.gov slash appointments. Or you can just send it directly to Nebraska State Capitol Room 1315 if you don't like to use the internet. <laughs> hold on, I'm actually hold on, I'm actually looking at the application right now, just out of curiosity. What are, what are the questions? Let's see. First name required. Oh, good. Jeez. I can do that. Take it easy, state government. You need to know everything about me. Uh, last name required. List any boards or commissions which you are serving or previously have served on. I don't think there are any. Uh, let's see. We got uh, address, city, county. Are you a U.S. citizen? What's your congressional district? Um, ever had any disciplinary action, disciplinary action, suspensions, or revocations of licenses? Please explain. 
Um, have you ever published, posted, or said anything which be con- construed as discriminatory? <laughs> if yes, provide a link to the post here. <laughs> you got to link your own discriminatory Facebook post? <laughs> provide a link to it here. Uh, political affiliation. If you're providing a link to it, stop <laughs> Maybe- applying. <laughs> if you haven't deleted it <laughs> let's see we got employers uh we got schools attended areas of interest oh that's fun uh agriculture education health culture finance human services other walks on the that's beach good that's good uh references and then it, not required but if you would like to submit a resume or cover letter that's it oh you could knock this thing out in five minutes this this is not that hard to do so which district are, are you going to be in? Uh, I, I, uh, se- well, Senator, I, I get the whole state, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, it does wanted- ask you which congressional district you live in. Yeah. And but- Beatrice is still in this district. Right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. District. so there shouldn't be any you know controversies. Does he have a lake house or not? Am I right? Right. <laughs> Watch out where you put that trust. It's in Nebraska, so my lake house is just fine. <laughs> completely A-OK, completely cool, completely legal. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, luxury housing, did you see that uh, another high high uh, high end apartment went in front of the city council for TIFF yesterday? No. Yeah, and, uh, another the old the old Cools restaurant used to eat breakfast there. They had the tables with the the newspaper headlines on them and uh, all over the place. Yeah, they're uh, looking at a uh, $3.7 million in TIF for these apartments that would be at 10th and O Streets. And they discussed that yesterday and discussed, among other things, it's got a... Be- now, It's this is so high-end, it's got underground parking that goes along with it as well for the residents that oh, are there so it's got bottom end not high end. and you're not well and you're not supposed to use tiff money for parking and that was an issue and also in apparently they're doing this thing now um in order to kind of do these development deals if you are if you are um going forward with a a, a residential uh, project like this but it doesn't include affordable housing they're letting people instead of include that just give some cash to the effort essentially so you and, buy your way in that, i mean that's essentially what what it is after having read about this a little bit uh yeah you it's uh what 200 is it a quarter of a million dollars D- just dropping that in D- dropping that in kind of the 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 offering plate for uh for affordable housing and so apparently that is something that uh, yeah 250,000 bucks instead of adding the units uh, yeah, it'd be two hundred fifty thousand bucks to the affordable housing efforts in lieu of adding the units there. So, the apartment boom, the high end apartment boom, still is not ending in downtown Lincoln. And this doesn't even include, you know, the new super tall one they're going to put by the Haymarket that oh, yeah. they're discussing right now that's by at, at the gas uh, station. That's at Ninth and P, right? Yeah, that one. Uh, the student housing at the old Journal Star building. That's going to be a nice one. Is anybody going to live outside of downtown in the future of Lincoln? No. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> but have you seen all the apartments, the construction going in southeast and south Lincoln? It's, ah. it's amazing. It's tough. They need the they, people. People want to live here. Uh, people are, are looking for housing, and uh, that housing market isn't still isn't great for uh, a lot of buyers, including a certain type of buyer. And so you go 
you go with that option at that point. But I do like honestly wonder at what point, and I don't have a like I don't have a problem with it. I don't care. I think it's great that you've got people living in downtown. It sort of transforms what downtown Lincoln is uh, if it's a it's a residential center. But I keep thinking, okay, they've got to be getting close to sort of a bubble on this thing, especially with the student housing. Uh, but continue to have projects there. People are still able to make money with them, obviously, or they wouldn't be doing them. You wonder if more student housing won't be moving off campus as they expand That's, other campus uh, activities and buildings. Sure, true. And they're raising prices. Well, we talked about yesterday for room and board. There you go. And uh, John Cook. Not happy with the NCAA volleyball scheduling. You see this? He uh, We'll have that in sports. Yeah, well, there's a little tease. He feels probably the same way a lot of you people, including myself, feel mm-hmm. about that whole thing. Playing 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Yep. What are they doing? It's dumb. What are they doing? What are you doing? It's Imagine the- being Oregon. You, you, your body's time is 8 o'clock. Yeah. So the NCAA, what do you expect? Yeah, it's true. All right, so there you go. That's what's happening today. 625, you're to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Yes, it is. Time to delve into the things that are happening around the country, the world. Talk a little bit about uh, how it's impacting us. And, uh, yeah, we got a, a lot to get to. All kinds of different stuff today. And as we typically do, we start with the political stuff to uh, get it out of the way. Um, important stuff, though, that, that we need to get to. Uh, let's start today. Oh, yeah, we better, we better get going with this. Now, they're talking. I don't have any... I don't have anything on this in the sound off today, but the discussions are heating up, guys, especially in the Democratic Party, about what they do with their primaries in the ordering of their primaries. Something that I have said uh, for a long time, I mean, any party, that it's just it uh, it is the most bizarre way that we we do that, uh, the, the primaries and always have the, you know, Iowa, New Hampshire going first. And then, you know, 2020, the the Iowa thing was such a mess with the primary. And (laughs) do you remember that? you remember how the caucuses, what a mess they were that that time? Um, And so they trying to use it. Was it Iowa trying to use an app and then none none of it worked? Yeah. Uh, So. So anyway, uh, now, evidently. So uh, Jim Clyburn was was about to go to a state dinner at the White House. Macron was there, the oh, French yeah? president. I think I said that right. Close uh, and uh, he, he gets uh, he's getting ready to go to that, and he gets a call from uh, the president, Joe Biden, 
And uh, president tells him, hey, we think South Carolina needs to move to the front of the presidential primary cal- uh, calendar. So that it's the, the fir- it takes the mantle from the Iowa and New Hampshire thing, essentially. And so so ev- evidently, this is uh, something that, that you'd like to, that, that at least he would like to see with this, um, which, by the way, Biden Biden flipped his entire campaign in South Carolina well, in 2020. Well, that, that's the thing. In 2020, those right. three states that you mentioned, Biden in Iowa and New Hampshire, finished. he finished like fifth in those. Yeah. Like, he got run. Yes. And um, then, then he won South Carolina. So the, the proposal was that, and then they, they get Iowa out of that early window altogether, uh, and that New Hampshire and Nevada have a single primary date, Michigan and Georgia go earlier at at this point too and so there there are all these conversations about you know about this and and uh it was on friday that they actually uh voted on this um and they want to give apparently give greater sway to kind of more diverse states uh i think racially is is why they they want to do this uh, but nonetheless it sounds like you got a lot of states that aren't happy at all with the whole thing, you got one of the New Hampshire senators who's really mad about this, and it's just it's so it's so ridiculous. The new primary calendar have the first contest held in South Carolina on February three, Nevada and New Hampshire on February six, Georgia on February thirteen, Michigan on February twenty seven, and that would be the whole thing. Just put them in pods of ten, run it over five weeks every Monday, and you rotate the pods. Right. Absolutely. That's the way I something like that is is the way they should do it. And by the way, the Republicans are still going to hold their they're still going to start in Iowa. They're not changing there. So you would have different dates for the Democratic primary and the Republican primary, depending on what state you're in. Uh, Good. I mean, more even more confusion to this completely arbitrary process. Okay, that's you're exactly right. Yes. Put them in pods, rotate them. Every year, with I, I don't it's, put them it's on ridiculous. the same day, right? Jeez. Exactly. Um, and by the way, for I mean, of course, Biden is going to want to going to want to have the states he did well in, you know, leading this thing. Although I, you know, I don't think he's going to have significant primary challengers if he runs. So maybe that doesn't matter all that particularly for 2024. But nonetheless, and that leads us to our first uh, our first clip here. Is he running? Again, remember when this was all, you know, the, the, the discussion all over the place was, was he actually going to, uh, is he actually going to run again? And the summer was going particularly poorly for him with economic and, and some other stuff. Maybe that's m- mitigated a little bit. Uh, I guess that's for an argument for another time. But it, given, you know, his his age and. Uh, is he is he going to run again? President Biden's chief of staff says the president's expected to mull another run for the White House in 2024 over the holidays, and he is predicting he will announce plans to do so. Ron Klain commenting during the Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit that he expects an announcement shortly after the holidays, adding, I expect the decision will be to do it. President Biden's been publicly tight-lipped about a possible re-election bid, although he was heard telling the Reverend Al Sharpton in September he was planning to run. Fox News Digital reached out to the White House for comment, but did not get a response. Sue Guzman, Fox News. Well, I mean, the question is, do they have anyone else on the bench who seems like they 
make more sense at this point. Because right. I think Newsom said he wasn't running. So I don't know if he knows something about Biden running, if that's why he did it. He might have been might have been their best bet. I mean, you look like the the prediction markets right now. It's still Biden, uh, 50% shot, Newsom, 13, uh, Kamala Harris, 10, Pete Buttigieg, 9, and then you're at Hillary Clinton after that. So If you don't really have like, anyone queued up, then you kind of have to run him. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different situation than the Republicans are with <laughs> with uh, with Trump because you've got DeSantis. Yeah. Um, and you probably maybe even have some others as well who feel like they could more likely step in and do well in a general election than you've got on the on the Democratic side, but anyway, it's sound. I mean, yeah, if you take all those little parts together, that is, you know, what Newsom said, what apparently the overheard conversation between Biden and Al Sharpton, um, it looks like he's uh, he's planning on it, and uh, yeah, you would it would it would be unprecedented in terms of uh, uh, in terms of age, right? Uh, he would be. Let's see, his age right now. He was born in 1942, so... So he's uh, 80. 80, yeah. Born November 20th, 1942, just had his birthday. That's uh, right, because we, we were saying if he wrapped up a uh, a second term, he'd be so 86. He'd be 80, I just... Man. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, what else do we have today? Let's... Uh, Let's jump in. Let's get the other the other politics stuff out of here. Oh yeah, they had the uh, they had the hearing at the Supreme Court about the uh, what was it like the graphic design web designers in Colorado mm-hmm. uh, had a gay couple that wanted to have them do some work for them for a wedding. They didn't want to do it. Uh, ended up in lawsuits all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they had arguments yesterday. Colorado's anti discrimination law is facing Supreme Court scrutiny again. The company just cannot refuse to serve gay couples as it seeks to do here, just as the Christmas store cannot announce no Jews allowed. Eric Olson is Colorado's Solicitor General, who says graphic designer Lori Smith can't deny wedding websites for some, but not others. Smith's attorney, Kristen Wagoner, argues web design is different than a store selling products. It's not about the use. It, what is, it's about when a person is creating speech, it is what is the message that they are expressing. A majority of the conservative justices appeared sympathetic to that argument and skeptical of Colorado's enforcement of its anti-discrimination law. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Um, yeah, so they had two and a half hours of arguments on this, and if you if you followed it all, it went all over the place. Like they were going into scenarios, like what if you had a uh, a a black Santa at a shopping mall who refused to serve children dressed in Ku Klux Klan outfits? I'm sorry to laugh, but <laughs> why did you? <laughs> I understand it's a hypothetical, but <laughs> whoa. Um, I mean, that's that's where it was going down. There was some conversation at one point about the website JDate, which is like a matchmaking site uh, for people of the Jewish faith or Jewish ethnicity. And it was, I mean, it was. I saw a tweet. Did, did, it was all over the Did one the of the place. justices reference Ashley Madison? Yeah, yes. That, I want to see if I could find the, uh, let's see if I could find the actual quote. Why? The, and I don't know totally in in context why that came up but i mean this sounded like it was absolutely wild um yes uh justice alito drew laughter uh as they were hearing arguments 
Uh, joking with Justice Elena Kagan about hypothetical analogies involving dating websites and a black mall Santa Claus. The slightly awkward moment came as Alito asked Colorado Solicitor General to consider an example involving JDate.com, which is an online service aimed at matching Jewish singles. An unmarried Jewish person asked a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his JDate dating profile. It's a dating service, I gather, for Jewish people. Justice Alito began. Justice Kagan, who is Jewish jumps in and says, it is. And then Alito says, all right, maybe Justice Kagan will also be familiar with the next website I'm going to mention. So next, a Jewish person asks a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his AshleyMadison.com dating profile. <laughs> why, why is this not... This needs to be on this ESPN. Was, and this was before they got into the kids dressed up in the Ku Klux Klan outfits. So anyway, anyway, they're, prob- they're probably going to rule in favor bonkers. of the uh, the web design, the Colorado Jeez. web design um, business, I'm going to guess. Uh, well, this is interesting. Facebook is saying they may they may have to pull all news articles from their website. Now, I don't know what, how that, you know, what that makes Facebook. I don't browse Facebook enough anymore to kind of know what the, the feel is over there, how much that changes it. But, yeah, they're saying if a new law passes, they are going to have no choice but to do that. Meta says it will remove news from its platform if Congress passes a bill that would make it easier for news organizations to bargain collectively with tech giants. Congress is considering the bill to rescue local news organizations. But Meta says it would counter such a law by banning the sharing of news on the site, arguing that the news organizations post their content on Facebook to benefit them, not Facebook. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. Guess we'll stop posting do stories it. to Facebook. Do it. Right. Let's do it. Do it, you cowards. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll start scrolling again. More, more, more pictures of, uh, you know, your dog and your kids and your meals. What it was, what it was traditionally meant for. Back I will in the use day. Facebook less if it's got no news on it. Yeah, because I I go on there for that's one of the places besides Twitter. But there are certain like Husker groups you can go in and you can find a lot of Husker stories. Where they there. just post the stories. Yeah, yeah, you won't be able to post your stories there. Maybe no. Sad. Okay. Sorry that I cheered for it. Um, you should be. Hey, <laughs> bad news for twenty twenty three. What? It hasn't even started yet. Bad news. Uh, when you file your taxes, really good chance that your refund that you got in 2022 is not going to be duplicated in terms of size Uh-oh. in 2023. So you just you might want to plan for that. Don't be surprised if your tax refund in 2023 is smaller than you're expecting. This year, nearly three quarters of tax filers were refunded on average about $3,100, up from 2800 in 2021. But that was then, says the IRS. Now, smaller refunds are likely next year because there were no stimulus payments from the feds in 2020. The agency also says that a pandemic-era exception in 2020 and 21 that allowed individuals taking the standard deduction to claim a tax deduction of up to $300 for cash donations has expired. Karen McHugh, Fox News. (laughs) He sounded so sad. (laughs) It's expired. I'm just going to be paying more in, I think, will probably be the the reality. I'm just going to forever assume that 
I get nothing just, back. Uh, yeah, the government's just, just going to take d- it Just all. don't plan on it this year, maybe, and then see what happens. And, oh, and then there's also this. If you're somebody who does relatively large Venmo transactions, you ever got more than $600 on Venmo from someone for something? Well, if you have... That's going to factor into your taxes now as well. The IRS posting a little year-end reminder. If you've gotten cash payments of over 600 bucks on payment apps like Venmo, PayPal, and Zelle, be prepared to report them as income. Warning that any single payment over $600 will automatically trigger a Form 1099-K from the processors. Now, PayPal says this doesn't include things like paying your family or friends back for dinner, shared trips or gifts, or selling personal items at a loss like a sofa. Democrats made the tax law change back when they passed the American Rescue Plan, notably with no Republican votes. The change is intended to crack down on Americans evading taxes, but critics say it's overreach that could hurt small business. Therese Crowley, Fox Mm. News. Well, if you're getting 600 bucks from your family for dinner, you probably don't... uh... Yeah, where Probably are you going not to, that where, worried about taxes. Where are you going to dinner? Jeez. Am I invited? Then there's this. San Francisco. Era, I mean, this screams terrible idea. I mean, there's no way you don't react to this immediately and like, yeah, this could go wrong and will go wrong badly. They're uh, considering employing police robots that can use lethal force. Yes. Killer police robots being considered in San Francisco. What could go wrong? Those opposed are making one final push to block the effort. It seems like a complete no-brainer to me, completely reckless, that we would uh, give police robots to kill people here in San Francisco. That is absolutely unacceptable. Supervisor Dean Preston has sent a letter to Mayor London Breed, who authored the legislation, saying backers of the plan failed to provide adequate notice for the change in the use of force policy. The supervisor saying opponents are prepared to to challenge the plan legislatively on the board and with a ballot initiative if necessary. The police department has said that any remote operated robot equipped with lethal capabilities would only be used as a last resort option. Still. So they're remote controlled robots armed with explosive. They're not like a, you know, RoboCop holding a gun necessarily. Um but yes, that is. Yeah, that, uh, that's still. I, yeah, it, it, I mean, it just. I, I can't even tell you what the scenario is, but it sounds like a just a bad, bad idea. Um, but apparently, there's a big debate there about it. But it just feels like a dystopian novel or something. Yeah, or movie. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on here? Um, oh, sad news. Sad news uh, from the world of. Of television, uh, late last night I saw this on Twitter. Late last night, um, Kirstie Alley, mm-hmm. um, probably most n- uh, noted for her role in in Cheers, um, passed away uh, last night after a uh, after the onset. Apparently, a fairly quick onset of cancer. Kirstie Alley was best known for her Emmy award winning performances in the final six seasons of the hit sitcom Cheers and starring role in the Look Who's Talking movies. Alley's children releasing a statement through her official social media channels that reads in part, our mother's zest and passion for life, her children, grandchildren, and her many animals, not to mention her eternal joy of creating were unparalleled and leave us inspired to live life to the fullest just as she did. 
arrested. Reaction to news of the actress's passing pouring in this morning. John Travolta, Ali's Looking, Who's Talking co-star, writing, Kirstie was one of the most special relationships I've ever had. I love you, Kirstie. I know we will see each other again. There you go. So, uh, yeah, she was on the Cheers run, which probably was, you know, that made her a household name, uh, was in 1987 to 1993. You remember, uh, was it Shelley Long was on that show and then uh, her character w- was off of it and they needed kind of a new uh, a new lead female. And so they bring brought her in and she had the whole on again, off again romance thing with Ted Danson going during that entire thing. And uh, yeah, that was a good show. That was a good. I wonder how Cheers is on a rewatch right now. Have you ever watched Cheers? Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Like, it's interesting. Like, Cheers hasn't gotten the the rewatchability type thing that, like, a Friends has gotten or a Seinfeld, um, which were a little bit later. They were, Mm -hmm. you know, just a few years later in that whole thing. But you don't hear too many people like, I'm rewatching all of Cheers. No. uh, Which... I don't know. See, I'm, I'm just kind of curious how it would. More of a WKRP in Cincinnati guy. Cliff Clavin and Norm and, and, and everybody there. Yeah. Her first movie, 1982 Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Mm. And then the Look Who's Talking movie. Oh, everybody loved the Look Who's Talking. What? A baby that can talk? No way. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, in food allergy news, they're adding, uh, and, and uh, I'm somebody who pays attention to label because i got a couple of food allergies in my home when I'm getting groceries, but if you've ever noticed, they list specific allergens in the ingredients. So like wheat, soy, eggs, tree nuts, those sorts of things. Well, we got a new, uh, got a new allergen to add in there. Welcome. Sesame. Starting the first of the year, food products that contain sesame will have to be clearly labeled to show that. Congress passed and President Biden signed into law a bill that makes sesame the ninth major food allergen. Joining milk, eggs, fish, shellfish, wheat, soybeans, peanuts, and tree nuts in that category. The Food Allergy Research Group says about one and a half million people are allergic to sesame, but currently it's often referred to on food labels as natural flavors or natural spices, making it hard for those allergic to it to spot its presence in food. Jack Callahan, Fox News. How are they going to label the street? I always wonder what the point of those sesame seeds are on hamburger buns. Like, have you ever, are they adding anything to the hamburger bun situation? That used to be how I knew the difference between a Burger King burger and a McDonald's burger. Just visually. Burger King had the, the sesame. Is that all it is? I don't know. Like, have you ever eaten one? Like, eh, you know, this bun is good, but it could use some sesame it's seeds. It's visually more appealing for I guess sure. so. That's probably, I think that's about it. All right, 657, that's it for your sound off. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Urologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, thank you very much. 25 degrees right now in the capital city. Hey, quick shout out, KLIN.com if you're uh, looking for some Christmas gifts. and you know, A gift certificate might work for this gift. Go to KLIN.com and check out the holiday market. We've got up to 50% gift certificates from a bunch of local businesses. You're buying local. You're supporting local. Right now, make it, take it. Greenfields, Harbor, Coffee House, Mace Popcorn, all over there at KLIN.com. Check it out. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Back 
Glad to have you uh, with us. It's December 6, 2022. By the way, looking ahead at the forecast, Sunday the 11th. It's our Christmas caroling date. Got the bus set up. We're going to be uh, meeting here at 44th and O at 3 o'clock and uh, going out and doing some Christmas caroling throughout the city if you want to be a part of it. Go to KLIN.com and uh, just reserve you and your friends or families a spot on the bus because we've only got finite seating. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, and uh, we're going to be giving you some details here very soon if you are uh, wondering about that. But bottom line is it, you will want you here at 44th and O at 3 o'clock. We'll take off. We'll be back around uh, 6 and spread some holiday cheer in the meantime. And it looks like we could be uh, you know, mid-40s uh, on that day weather-wise. So not bad at all. Will I wear cargo shorts to Christmas, Carol? It's a, many people are wondering. We'll see. Yes, you will. We'll see. I don't know what the temperature limit on that, but I think 45. I think I could pull that off uh, if it isn't too windy. So uh, anyway, we'd love for you to be a part of it. Still time to get yourself on the list if you want to go caroling with us. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. People get really excited when they see carolers. They bust. They start pulling out their phones and videotaping it. Yeah. They're like, I don't know where that's they're cool. Gonna, where, I don't know where what you're going to share that. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like... Opposed to you taping it, I'm glad you're excited to see us, but are you... Are you posting us to Facebook yeah. saying, man, had these carolers came yeah. by today? Uh, so we were talking earlier in the show about uh, another uh, high-end, as they say, Caleb, uh, housing uh, development that is uh, going into downtown Lincoln in front of the city council yesterday looking for TIF financing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm... Is, you know, we we joke about my all my properties that I own across the city and state. Yeah, uh, my vacation homes. But I I am uh, like legitimately I'm fascinated and interested with this uh, like the influx of downtown living and the demand for downtown living mm-hmm. that apparently is there not only for you know I don't know young professionals or retirees but students as well and it seems like there's still you just they're they're building to the point that they still haven't hit the demand, and the growth has been incredible over the course of uh, about a decade here in the capital city. So, I thought I'd pull up Caleb, you know, uh, 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 some of these condos that are actually for sale in downtown Lincoln to see just just exactly what it would run us if we hypothetically wanted to get uh, wanted to get a downtown Lincoln condo that, that we would purchase, own so for rent right i've got i've got purchases now i've got i've got apartment rentals too on another tab okay right now um but yeah i've i've uh i've been taking a look at this um so let, let me give you let, let me give you a uh like an idea here okay uh, i've got one that is in uh i believe this is in that the uh the place across from the lead center you got a few of them on here one bedroom one bath a thousand square feet, nine hundred ninety-eight okay. square feet. One bedroom, one bath, condominium built in twenty twenty-one. Off-street parking. Um, also, there's an HOA fee that goes along with it as well that you okay. want to factor in okay. as well. What do you? What do you? This has actually been on on uh, this website for forty-seven days and hasn't sold yet. What's your guess on the price to purchase this spot? Two and a quarter. <laughs> Uh no, you're low. 
Uh, Matt McMaster's in here too, and uh, he is here. Matt, come over this side and get on a mic. Matt's learning oh. how to run the board, and he's our, our resident college student. In well, here. I think he was talking about rent. You were talking about rent. Yeah, no, he, this yeah, you were rent. I haven't divided it out what the mortgage would be on this thing. So, yeah, this is this is to, what's your what your guess is what two two hundred twenty five thousand for a thousand square foot. Condo. Wait, wait for the full condo. It's yeah, a, we're, buy, we, oh, we're, we're buying that half renting. a million easy. One right bedroom by the lead center. One bedroom, one bath in that new building that's right across the street. Oh, oh, okay, condos. Yeah, it's I would say con- like three fifty. You guys are both low. Really low, low, low. Yeah, you were you were closer on your first one. Five hundred. Five fifteen thousand. Five hundred fifty. So they've got a little uh, estimated mortgage payment thing on here. So that would be a mortgage of three thousand seven hundred seventy nine a month. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's a. Ni- I mean, I mean leads, a, the lead center is a nice. Spot. That's a and nice. That, that's a nice new place. And the condos, the the building there is very nice. It's yeah. Very nice. Uh, uh, let's see. How about okay? How about this one? Uh, uh, this one is on uh, North Twelfth Street. Okay, one bedroom, one bath, little smaller, seven hundred thirty-seven square feet, built in nineteen eighty-six. Okay. Oh, that's that old building. Uh, this is an older They've building. Been, yep. That's right next to my building. An old, an older building here on this one. Um, three hundred thirty-five monthly HOA fee, which yeah, you have to factor in there. Okay. Jeez, three thirty-five HOA fee. All right. So, what is your total? That should price? be the payment. What is All your right. total? What do you believe your total price to purchase this? Uh, one bedroom, one bath, seven hundred thirty-seven square feet on this one. What do you think? Older building, no garage, central air, condo, three fifty. It's an old building. They've been scrapping it out yeah. for like the last six months. I would say it's like maybe a, a like a hundred eighty-five thousand. It's old. It's, yeah, it's it's run down. That is it is two hundred fifteen thousand. Yeah, two hundred fifteen thousand. That is the on, on the website that I'm on right now on Zillow. That is the cheapest one that is available. It's ter- it's ba- it's a, it was it's way better now, but it was terrible when they were first scrapping it. That's out. the cheapest one available. You can go two nineteen uh, if you want to go tenth and O one zero zero one O Street for eight hundred twenty square feet. But you're going you're going two hundred thousand minimum to I mean to get in the door. Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't count your HOA fee. That's going to go along like that second one. The HOA fee that goes along with that one is two hundred twenty two monthly. So got a, I mean, best case scenario, you got a two thousand dollar mortgage, essentially a two thousand dollar monthly payment. What, what's that your, goes along with to own one of these. To what, own one. What's of these. your market for this though? It's not like it's not families, right? Yeah, it's not people with pets. Uh, y- young, young professionals, I suppose. I don't know. Young pro- and then retirees. Retirees is the other. Well, one. I was going to say, are there enough young professionals able to afford that? Retirees. Well, you'd be sp- like the one bedroom, one bath at the student living that I'm in is is around there, like two thousand a month. It's up there. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got. Student- well, that's what all your loans are going to. So I've got yeah. downtown yeah. <laughs> and the tuition. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you want a be- if you want anything that's not a studio, almost really anywhere in Lincoln, to be honest, you're going. Looks like I don't eight hundred minimum. Eight. Yeah. For that, it's not a. St- God, first, and then if you're not living with a lot of people, like the more people you live with, it gets it gets really it divides affordable. it up, and you yeah. got more bedrooms. Yeah, but sure. But man, I lived on a in apartment buildings on 33rd and Holdridge when I was in law school. I think we were paying. Uh, it was two bedroom. 
I think we were paying three hundred bucks a month for that I, thing. I know twenty pe- years ago. Geez. I know. I think that's what you're paying. I know people who live on housing, maybe about ten minutes outside of campus, like a ten minute drive, that probably pay half what I do living in an apartment a fifteen minute walk away from campus. Really? So yeah, housing is considered. Like, as a student, housing is considered, like, if you want to go cheaper, you go and you rent a house, like, in the bottoms or something right. like that. But if you want to, like, have all the convenience of being down there, you go to one of those student living apartments, which I I would have to guess the rent for student living isn't that much different from the apartment buildings you're yeah, talking like, about. Yeah, like, I'm looking at, like, these n- nice new ones, like, stadium walk apartments and canopy lofts and stuff. Yeah, it's, canopy lofts is, like, is canopy also has a new one, too. Like, they're building a brand new, like, state-of-the-art apartment building right next to the yeah. canopy lofts Prime, connected. These are all, I mean, you're a thousand minimum on all of these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. But uh, those, but canopy lofts and the ones next to canopy lofts, those are for like professionals. Like those okay. aren't those aren't this necessarily prime place one. They've living. got a pool. It looks like here on this one that looks nice, right? That's about that's yeah, a thousand that's okay. bucks. That's on that's on tenth and Y. That's a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, little bit I live by that. Spot, I think but. it's called. I think prime place is actually called. Um, it might be latitude. I don't yeah. know. I think they have a different name for it. But at least uh, in the link. Let, let me ask you: Is it who? How many people are? I don't know that how do I phrase this question like yeah how how um how common is living in private apartments in downtown Lincoln pretty, pretty and why for students yeah pretty 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 common first off it's cheaper it's cheaper to live in apartments off of campus than it is to live on campus especially like if you have a job and you're paying your rent because I know room and board for me was like 11 grand just about and that didn't include like meals mm-hmm. and they I, just bump that up yeah too. i pay about seven grand to to live off campus really? yeah interesting so, and then like you is also, transportation a pain no because i have a shuttle that goes from my apartment to campus but i i walk there every day because yeah. it's not that bad it's a, it's cheaper and it's like you're closer to I, I think with like when you turn older Lincoln becomes more about like the city than it necessarily right. becomes about being on campus because campus can be a little bit of a bubble. So like living off campus, you get more of like the more enjoyable things about coming to school at UNL. Here'd be my other thing if I was a college student and doing that, just spending money downtown all the time would be a concern. Well, for me. so so you definitely have to watch yourself with that. Like I cook every meal. I was going to say cheaper. you got yeah, restaurants all exactly, over the place. Exactly. The convenience. <laughs> the convenience is a little is a little tough because I have to take like an hour, an hour and a half out of my day to like save money and cook meals, which is adulting as opposed to like <laughs> right. living on campus and like just go into a hall. Where do you get groceries? Canopy Street Market. You you get all you get. You know, I I go there or I the Super Saver right next to work. Is or you have convenient. a big tra- if you have a big more to get there. He comes in yeah. here. He puts in the sports cast and he bumps over. I literally have done that before. I've literally come back from press conferences, put in the practice reports, and then just go just, to Super Saver. I'm, I'm fascinated with downtown living. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Now now I've got your high end though. Okay, Are you ready? Oh, okay. You want to break the bank? Uh, I already broke the bank. Yeah. Also, also we're moving to the lead place, but this is two bedrooms, three bathrooms. Where is it? Almost two. It's right across from Lead Center. Okay. Okay. It's it's about two thousand square feet. Okay. On this one. So that first one, five hundred, was in the same place, and it was that first one was in that same place. Yeah. It was one bedroom and about a thousand square feet. Yeah. It's got double that. Yeah. Oh man, look at this view. Oh, look at that view. That's good. What at the lead center? At, yeah, at the lead at the lead place. This is looks like the picture they've got is this is one where you could almost see in the football stadium. Oh, one that's point, cool. One point four. 
Uh, one. I'll go higher. One point six. Well, you guys are over on that one. Okay. Uh, bargain here. One point one two five million. That's a steal right that, now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a steal. No, that, but that's a steal. A million uh, to w- be in. I one point one million to get a three bathroom, two bedroom it, uh, it, condo. Wait sure. a minute. Why do I need more bathrooms than bedrooms? Uh, you got to be Russell Wilson. You gotta have fourteen. You, gotta, you want 14 one. You don't bathrooms. want the, both of the bedrooms have a bathroom. Then you have one for your guests. I mean, you're entertaining that. If you got a million dollar apartment, you're not bringing your guests in to go use your crappy uh, bedroom bathroom with your toothbrush sitting on the counter. Okay, well, the guests don't need a bathroom themselves. Uh, they listen, can use the how much? General. How much? You're living the fine life. You better have a private bathroom for your guests. You two would know way better. Point. How much? How much better is a million dollar home in Lincoln compared to a million dollar apartment? See now that you, I, you're going to get a lot more home. I would assume so. You're going to get a lot more home. Yeah, yep. absolutely. You're going to get a lot more home. You're going to get a lot more space. Sure. Um, let me see. Let me just let me just run. Yeah, let's uh, look at a million dollar run home because I feel like that'd be a way better use of of money. All right. Thanks to the lead center, a three hundred thousand dollar home is going to get you more space. Yeah. Whew. Here we go. Let's see. You want, uh, I got I got one point six. I got one point seven. What do we want? I got one point five. Give us the closest to the. To All right. The, here is one point one seven five. Perfect. So this is. Fifty thousand more. Okay, you're getting four thousand two hundred ninety-three square feet. You're getting five bedrooms. You're getting what four, is that? A three-car garage? You're getting five yeah. bedrooms, four baths. You got a three-car garage. Uh, you've got this. It looks like new construction here. Is what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, forty-three hundred, forty-three hundred finished square feet. Breathtaking open concept. Main floor is everything you could want. Huge kitchen, large pantry, granite, stainless steel. So there you go. That's your choice. Get your I take you the get house. your three bed, two bath, or you can get your five bed, four bath, and uh and be in Lincoln. Here. I don't even know where this is. Oh, this is way out. This is way out. This is barely in Lincoln on this whole thing. So anyway. There you go. It's a little real. It's fascinating to me what this market is like being out of the real. Listen, I I bought a house in 2008. So last time I bought a house was 2008. So just to let you know, my concept of the real estate market from then. Sure. It's not the same. It's not the same, man. Sometimes I tell Caleb about that situation that I had when I bought a house then. My house is on the market for six years when I bought or six months, I should say, when I bought it. Talked him down. Your house wouldn't last six minutes. Talked him down thousands of dollars. Get Impressive stuff. Ma- master Stop negotiating. It. Art of the deal type stuff. McMaster negotiating. I knew you were going to say that. 726. Sports is next on KLIN. The holiday season is here. Tell us your favorite tradition with a voice message in the free KLIN app. KLIN. All right. It is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get things started with... Number five. Lancaster County flu activity on the rise. Most reported cases all remain in school-aged children. That's uh, 6 to 19 years old. It's actually 39% of all cases reported. But the increase in adults 20 to 64 is picking up speed. Uh, Positivity rate, 27.2% last week. A jump from 11.3%. In October, just 19 cases reported. But in November, 665. Yeah, the... uh Significant numbers uh, on this, and I, I, I guess maybe one of the things I read uh, earlier this week, Mark, was that around the nation, it's it's 
doing this lots of places, like what's happening here is mirroring what's happening lots of places, yeah. and they think silver lining might be that the it's the flu season is going to peak and be over earlier uh, than it typically is. Uh, well, that, which that, could that's, happen. That's some of the things, but this is kind of a triple demic because you've got RSV cases that remain high, COVID cases on the increase, and flu cases on the increase. So. The, the amount of hospitalizations, the demand on the healthcare system continues to be stretched right uh, right to the, well, not over the limit, but it's being stretched. So 19 in October to 665 in November to 332 last week yep. are the numbers that, that uh, Tim Timmons gave KLIN here at this. Yeah, pediatrics offices are getting a lot are of they? cases. Are they? Yeah. I bet. Well, and that matches. Wait, wait, waiting rooms are pretty full. Yeah, your anecdotal evidence uh, going along with what Mark is saying with that age group being really significant in it. Yeah, it's um, and it's mainly at influenza A spreading here at at this point. And then, like you said, COVID and RSV had been an issue as well. And again, RSV is one that affects kids uh, pretty significantly as and, well. And so. older people too. And older people, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I was uh, part of a one of the. What do you call them? A trials on a, a, I don't want to say geriatric, but for a senior RSV uh, vaccine here over the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, they they were really serious about it. So wow. vaccine trials? Yes. Jeez. Uh, did you get RSV? Have you had RSV? No. Did it work? I don't know. I so didn't get so RSV. Good. I don't know whether I had the. Oh, you might have the placebo. Was yeah. it uh, two shots or did you get the Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, you know, I did, don't, did you get the jab? I got the jab. By the way, <laughs> if you get the flu jab, it does take one to two weeks to yes. get full protection. I got that about three the, three weeks ago. I got that a while back, too. Uh, so anyway. Well, maybe a little longer than that, because I got both uh, the latest COVID uh, booster and the flu vaccine on the same trip. All right. Both I, arms were sore. I haven't jinxed myself yet, but still one of the few... One of the few, Caleb, you're still in that club too. Yeah. Never had COVID. Never tested positive for COVID. Never, po- at the never very tested least. positive. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Number four. Nebraska Senator Ben Sass made it official yesterday. He'll resign uh, January 8th, three days after Governor Lake Pillen takes the oath. Of course, applications now open, but. Wide open race. You, it's impossible to tell who's gonna he's going to pick. All right. Could be um, me. Could be any of us. Any any resident can f- go to the website and yep, fill well, out the application. We've already looked at it. It's only going to take you about five. You five, have to be a U.S. Minutes. citizen, not just a resident. Fair enough. Yes, U.S. citizen. And I believe you have to be thirty-five or older. Don't yeah, you? that's that. Is All that right, the age limit in the Senate me. too? I think so. Uh, I'll look that up now. I should remember that from my civics class. Uh, you googling it faster than me? Thirty. Thirty. All right. So you're good. You're good. Yeah, 30 or over. To be a representative, it's 25 or older. Yeah, I'm good. So, but this would be a Senate spot. And there legit is an application you can fill out uh, on the state website if you wish to have uh, the governor consider you for this spot. I wonder whether Pete Ricketts is going to fill out an application. Does Pete have to go to the state website and be like, P-E-T-E? No. Does he have to submit no, no, no. his job history? He's yep. going to deliver it to the to the address. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing you can do. If you don't, they allow oh, yeah, you. That's right. They allow you if you don't want to go online or you can't go online, they allow you to hand deliver it to a, a room in the in the Capitol to actually do that. Like, Does he have to fill out that job history and be like, Governor? 
Yeah. I think he should have to. Financial firm. I exact. think. I think. I think. I think Pillen should really sit down with that application and give it a good hard look. Yeah. Before he decides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. You have to tell what boards and commissions that you've sat on. There's actually a thing we found in it. This is no joke. It asks if you've posted any. I don't have it in front of me any, anymore. Anything discriminatory, and yeah. then you have to leave the link to that post. Yes, if you've ever, yeah, if you've ever, <laughs> like, I, I assume that means as in like social media. Yeah, they want you to link your own discriminatory social media post. Probably, so they scr- can, probably scrub that. Don't link it. I assume, I, I, I assume that's an automatic disqualification. But I don't know. Are they gonna Are they gonna look and judge? You know how bad. They're that like, social media post was? They're going to look at it and go, nah, he's got a point. <sighs> All right. So, uh, it's yeah. It's so much easier if you just get elected. Right. Well, then no, somebody, wait, no, then somebody, no. Then somebody else is going to scrub through, no, you, your, look you through get a, your social media posts. If you get elected and somebody drops $750,000 in your war chest, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to fill out the application. It's true. That's true. Uh, so, SAS not retiring to what? January 8th? 8th January at 12 8th. noon Eastern Standard 12 noon Time. Eastern. He wants to get that morning of work in first. I respect that. So elitist with I the res- Eastern res- time. You kidding me? Number three. John Cook uh, evidently agreeing with a lot of Nebraska volleyball fans about the scheduling of the Sweet 16 match Thursday. <laughs> Good. He was on Sports Nightly it's- last night. I think you had some audio, didn't you, Caleb? Yeah, uh, he-, he calls it ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. His, his quote was, uh, are they going to play the college football playoff at 10 in the morning? No. I don't know. It makes it hard on our fans, people that work. I don't know why they can't figure this out to do half on one day and half on the other day. Now, I think they're going to argue back and they're going to say, well, we think it's important that each of these each of these matches gets their own separate TV window, essentially. And I think they also probably want to do like and and have you seen how they they're staggering it through the entire day, mm-hmm. like they're doing matches starting every hour or two from ten a.m. all the way into late into the evening. Yeah, and they're I th- I think ESPN's trying to get people too to look at this this whip around coverage that they've got this fifth set thing. I assume they'll do that as well because yeah. there'll probably be times where you have two maybe three matches going on at once with all of that. But but he's right. I mean. <sighs> Is there no? I mean, what a put them all. If you want to do the whip around thing, ha, have them all. Have them all on stations, right? Uh, on different ESPN family stations. Do it like you said, half one night, half the other night, and then whip around and have four games going at once. Then have four matches going at once. That's better for the sport than having ten a.m. games. It was even better last week when you put them all on ESPN Plus. Yeah, and I know they're going to be on ESPN U, well, so that's that's so people that's, will at least get it on their cable system, right? So. But it was still better because you could actually have the the real game times. Now, one of the examples that, that John Baylor brought up, but then um, just to say for March Madness. Yes. In the first round, yeah, they'll play at weird times. But not the Sweet but 16. you got twice as many games. That's the reason is you got yeah. twice as many games then. Yeah. And if you're going to televise 32 games a day... Or to 16 games a day, then yeah, you kind of have to. No, I think Cook is exactly right on this. I mean, do, do you got 16, you got what? Eight matches? Eight total matches. Four one night, four the next night. Yes. Four, four, and if you want to stagger them a little in the evening, that's fine. Put the East Coast games first, start one at 
5.30 Central, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 5.30 Central, 6.30 Central, or or those sorts of things. But it's still baffling to me that, that this sport has not... Some of the decisions made like this, and, and I know the networks are involved in this, so it's not necessarily just for promulgation of the sport, but the... It could it could just have such a better exposure to the nation, and I think get more popular. But you continue to have things like this that, well, that you feel like saw, it hold it back. You saw Nebraska For this tournament too. It's a great tournament during the regular season. You saw Nebraska Creighton go what fifteen sixteen thousand people, mm-hmm. and then you saw Wisconsin the, the next week or so. Wisconsin Louisville go seventeen thousand. You saw the number of people half a million or whatever. Tune right. in to see Nebraska Wisconsin for a regular season match. Right, like those are normal things happening for volleyball now. And it's such a good TV sport too. Like it, it, yeah, yeah. And th- and now it's just going to get hidden at 10 a.m. One of your best products. You're 100 percent getting no casual viewers at 10 a.m. on no. Thursday. Well, I'm going to okay. I'm going to call on the governor right now to declare an optional three hour state holiday. Beginning at Seriously. 10 a.m. Thursday. Well, they, here's the and besides, we maybe have a blizzard going on, and so just stay home and watch, or bring it. We to may the have a work. blizzard going on. It's supposed to be 42 degrees. Is there? Is it, no, we're not going to have a blizzard. Uh, but. My daughter's trying to negotiate. She thinks maybe LPS would change their mind and make the teacher plan day that they scheduled for Friday, um, that they added a few weeks ago. She's thinking maybe, hey, if they're if they're just putting these in, maybe they do it Thursday instead of Friday. Um, I think in order to to be uh, um, cognizant of women's sports, they ought to just televise it and put it in the every classroom. Yeah, maybe they'll wheel in like they used to when you were in your classroom, and they wheeled in the uh, TV that's strapped on the. Don't they have uh, strapped on the cart? Don't they have uh, video in every classroom now? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would assume. So. Everyone Man, pulled up on your iPad. I'm going to make an admission right now. Nebraska basketball about 1990 or so back when they used to have the Big 8 tournament in Kemper Arena in Kansas City. I made a contraption with a Walkman, okay? Earbuds didn't exist yet at that point. But I Mark, I took one of those old the old headphones uh, you know, yeah. and I took I was able to remove one of the, the speakers, speakers from it and get it and I hidden. wired it up through my shirt. Got it There's hidden, no hidden joke. in your ear. In my and then I had the headphone and I pulled my sleeve up a little bit like this and I leaned my ha- head on my hand. And uh, and I I listened to Nebraska basketball. Good for you. Proud <laughs> good, of you. Good for you, kids. Don't do what I did. That's although it'd be a lot easier to do it now than it was then. Yeah, I would no think. kidding. Number two, the Iowa caucuses, or as Rush used to say, the Hawkeye cockeye, and their oversized, outsized importance has largely been an ex- exercise in myth making. The idea. <laughs> The idea was the candidates could earn a path to the White House by meeting voters in person and earnest, civic-minded Midwesterners would actually stand for their candidate. But that's all kind of gone by the wayside. Not only has Iowa become a lot more conservative, the last Hawkeye, Hawkeye Democrats couldn't get their vote tallied with uh, any. What was that It was a disaster. They had a phone app where they had to send in results. Yeah, and and it failed. Anyway... Uh, Democrats at the national level starting to uh, move some other uh, earlier primaries. We're going to put South Carolina there at the at the top. Yep, of this thing. And uh, okay, listen, I I mean the Iowa thing. I've been on record. I've said it over and over again. I I don't giving Iowa that outsized importance is ridiculous. Um, it makes I, I like I just. 
I don't who I don't know who that's good for other than Iowa. It's and good. Their, it's good and, for broadcast and print and their economy, their economy and all of those things. Yeah. But but as Caleb said earlier, I don't I don't know why the parties don't just have kind of a rotating rotating groups of state. If you need to spread it out over the course of two months or whatever, why you don't just just rotate groups of states mm-hmm. uh, every every four years and then switch it up and put them in line and put that one at the beginning and that one at the end. Do it over five weeks, ten it's states, just, one week. None of this yeah. crap is ten even in the... It's not like this stuff is in the Constitution. These are just party constructs of old traditions that make no sense. And you wa- and then you, you'll have the whole thing. So you, you watch the caucuses and they go to all the churches and the high schools and the places that you're doing it and you... You sort of follow it, and you're like, this is such a goofy process. Just give them a ballot. That's how I feel with the whole thing. I mean... And everybody will be, you know, there are people staked out at the Des Moines airport, Cedar Rapids airport, <laughs> to see if Andrew Yang happens to step <laughs> off a plane. Well, in the caucus system, all you're doing is walking around your ranked choice voting. That's all it is. Right. So why not just get a ballot and do ranked choice on well, there? And you can people can change their mind and they can negotiate and it's like a little, oh, yeah, yes. The combination of where it falls in the calendar and how they do it and that the importance that it gets and a year candidates coming a year ahead of the election to start to or two years in front of the whole thing. Yeah, if if you're doing it on multiple days, just uh, just group some states together and, and let's do it. That you can way. spread it out across the country and that way. I suppose, Mark, if the Democrats are moving South Carolina first, but the Republicans are staying with Iowa first, now you're going to add to it that different states, different parties are going to have different days. I would think. Well, South Carolina is a, a primary, correct? Well, yeah, y- yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, but but what but, I'm saying is, it sounds like the Republicans are sticking with Iowa to be yeah. there first. And but the Democrats are putting South Carolina for what I'm saying is like normally the Republican and the Democrat primaries or caucuses happen the same night. Right. I think some of them it sounds like they won't even happen on the same day anymore. So if you're depending on if you're a Democrat or Republican, that determines what day you're going to vote in well, certain states I, or caucus. My understanding is that the the caucuses are going to continue in Iowa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They are. So. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. So. Anyway. I don't know. Get a just let's let's find some better solutions to this parties. Come on, it's fun to watch. Number one, well, the seventy-one-year-old Emmy-winning actress Chris, uh, Kirstie Alley started in "Look Who's Talking," Veronica's Closet, and Cheers died yesterday. She uh, had a very uh, short bout of cancer, uh, only recently discovered, according to a social media post by her uh, two children. Yeah, uh, you know, I still. She did a lot of kind of like reality TV type stuff in in her later years, but uh, coming on to Cheers, that was that was a pretty big deal back then, Mark. When it was when she uh, they had but Shelley Long was on there, and then her character was off, and they brought Kirstie Alley in, and and the on again, off again. Will it happen? Won't it? That was one of those classic TV. Will it happen? Won't it happen? Romances and, and with a, Ted Danson and a good Plains uh, uh, woman. You know, she was born in Wichita, Kansas. Went to Kansas oh. State. I dropped out of college, go to Los Angeles, but she was a, a wildcat at one point. All right. I did not know that. All right, 755, we'll take a break. That is it for your morning drive, and it's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Great. All right, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, is uh, scheduled to join us, and uh, yeah, busy 8 o'clock hour.
Sounds like it, anyway. It's 8 o'clock on KLI. I'm Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 810, welcome in LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Tuesday morning, December 6, 2022. Glad to have you back with us. 40s and the forecast all the way through. Looks like it cooled down middle of next week, but until then, we got like mid 40s, upper 40s, sunny, including Sunday the 11th, which is our Christmas caroling day. Uh, so if you want to be on the bus to go Christmas caroling, go to klin.com. You still can get, uh, get yourself a spot on the bus. How are we Should supposed nice. to dress for that? Somebody asked me that. I was like, just dress like you're going outside. I mean, I didn't. Are we supposed I didn't to- even consider there would be a way you would dress. I mean, if you want to wear something like old, super old timey and make it hun- like you're wassailing or whatever uh, in the 1600s, that'd be cool. But no, there's no, other than that, there's no requirement. Well, just seeing our guests come in here, I was wondering if we had a now a dress oh, code. Yeah, Jason Ball comes. I know he always makes us, you know, he, he dresses so professionally and we don't. And it just, <laughs> you know, Jason, it's just hard. It's hard for us. Why, why do you, you have know, to deceive your listeners? Street. I'm hearing cut off shorts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. uh, good. How you doing, Jason? Good to I'm see great. you. Good, good. good. Uh, all right. Hey, we had a big piece of news on Friday. That has been a long time coming, and uh, it's it's going to come a little bit faster than expected with the uh, with the South Beltway uh, opening up here. Yeah. What a week from tomorrow now? Yeah. Week from tomorrow they're going to open this thing up, and it's been a project that for a while, you know, it, one that was talked about for decades in Lincoln, and then one that was finally going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen until the end of this decade. Then it was going to happen uh, like next year, and then it was going to happen in May, and now it's going to happen now. So it's actually been one of these deals where. Sometimes you can't really praise, uh, you know, government and roads efficiency, but I think this was maybe a an opposite of that. But I guess yeah. just more generally, let's start out. I, I'm curious, how big a deal from a chamber perspective is having the South Beltway for Lincoln? Well, this is huge only insofar as it will open up more areas of the community for development. And so obviously the community has been growing southward for some time, uh, for several decades now. I think that's definitely going to continue now that we have the infrastructure there to support further growth. We're going to see more industrial, more commercial, more business and more housing development all along uh, that corridor. And we're we're thrilled about it. This is going to be another economic boon for the city. But um, we're already talking about East Beltway too. Yes, so, yeah. get like get me a get me an East Beltway. Like I like uh, just practically for me, and this is very self centered right now. I admit that. So other people might have other experiences, but from my own experience, it'll be nice to have the trucks off of Highway Two. I think yeah. uh, it's not Highway Two anymore. Nebraska, what is it, Caleb? Where's my sheet? Nebraska. The old deuce? The Nebraska. Is it Expressway or Parkway? Parkway. Nebraska Parkway. Okay. I'm, it's going to be It's going to take me Did someone throw your, your note away? My sheet is gone. Did Commander Jack throw my sheet away? I don't know where it went. Um, but I, so that'll be, I mean, that will be good. That will be feel safer. It'll yeah. bring down some. I saw one of the numbers, like, what, what number do we have yesterday, Caleb, that it was like 13, what was the number of trucks per day? 1,700. 1,700 mm. per day trucks mm-hmm. that they're going to get off. So that's good. Although there aren't, for me personally, there aren't a ton of reasons why I would be jumping on the actual Beltway that frequently. Yeah. And the East Beltway, 100%. Yeah. 
like yeah. tons, like tons. But anyway, we don't we, we can we can delve into that here in in just a bit. But I want to get to the development thing that you you were talking about because I was thinking, you know, it's I think it's going to be crazy how much the areas at least that are available to develop mm-hmm. they're going to blow up, aren't they? Around there, there there is a unique set of factors right now where we have landowners along all sides of of that new beltway that are wanting to do development and and the chamber's been supporting that our biggest challenge is how do we get last mile infrastructure in there how do we get road access onto and off of the beltway and other right. other streets they got a couple of interchanges still they're going to be working on for another yeah, year or two yeah and and then sewer sewer infrastructure just because yeah. of how the land lays we need uh, we uh. need some additional sewer infrastructure to get uh, uh water and sanitary sewer there and so there there's some there's some big infrastructure questions but we have the asset now. Now is the time to to make those investments. We've been working with landowners in that area for gosh more than a year since before I arrived, mm-hmm. um, trying to develop a, a better strategy. I think to get that infrastructure in sooner, and and I'm very confident that we will get there. Um, so uh, it's going to be a boon to this economy, no doubt about it. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, Kayla and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, it's, you don't really have any. You know, hotels very far south. I mean, you got to yeah. go to about like Highway Two, current Highway Two, to get to hotels, and obviously gas stations, yep. restaurant. If you got that many trucks and travelers that aren't regular Lincoln traffic coming through there, yep. there's a ton. There's going to be a lot of money to be made out there yeah. for people. Yeah. It's 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 going to be amazing. Um, I know the chamber, even before your time here, business leaders, people have been pushing this for a law. Like I remember hearing this on talk radio, like no joke, people talking about the need for this on talk. When I used to listen to Baylor and Combs back in the day in like 2002 yeah. and talking about what, yeah. how big a deal this was. So, um, this is something the chamber has worked on and it, it isn't it. It really is interesting. I, I, I said that a little tongue in cheek, but not really interesting to see a project so often when you've got these government projects and you know this, it, mm-hmm. you're going the other direction and mm-hmm. how long they're going to take and red tape and everything that goes along with it. Like this one seemed to as when it finally did happen, which took a while, it continued to come faster and faster and faster. And at like three different levels that happened. So. I, I think this is one of those situations where it's an overnight success after two or three decades. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. uh, so Bruce Boyer, who is our executive vice president mm-hmm. and does our, our lobbying uh, at the state level for the chamber, he's got a file of this that goes back to before his time at the chamber. So be- before even 2000 and one of the very first proposed routes for a South Beltway, old Cheney. <laughs> um, oh and so, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so this is. It this did feel like. A, listen, when I was in high school, by the way, that did feel like the end of the city. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you go to we. Go, I drive from 70th and Old Cheney to and on Old Cheney down to 56, and it felt like the country yeah. out to the south there at that time. But he, he, here's here's the important point in sharing that. Yeah, it it took a long time for this to get there, and city leaders over over many many decades were were saying, look, we need this infrastructure to be a growing city, and that that's the strategic level of this. In order to be a growing city, we need that. To that south infrastructure, get trucks off of Highway Two, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 allow our city to grow. And just if you look back far enough, all the way back in 2000 is when we really started pushing on the current corridor to designate it. We started working at the federal level with the EPA, saying, "Hey, this is this is going to happen." Um, back in Senator Ben Nelson's day, while Dwayne Ackley from Creek Carrier 
uh, was serving on the Highway Commission, uh, Dwayne Ackley was successful in working with them to get that designated as part of the expressway system. It had $16 million dedicated for, I, I believe, studying it. Um, that was a huge shift, even though not a, not a bit of concrete was poured. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed how, uh, the state looked at it. And that's what opened the door for then state Senator Fisher to begin, uh, doing the Build Nebraska Act. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then moving forward into the, the Build Finance Act that, uh, Senator Mike Kilgers, yeah. uh, led, led the charge on. Like, it just took a lot of people at local, state, federal level, pushing in the same direction on this to get it to happen. And and that's why every time I talk about South Beltway, I'm attaching it to East Beltway. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got to start pushing on that. It's, it's going to be twice as long, but we'll have a completed loop. Right. And that is going to be a huge factor for economic growth throughout the entire city once we get that done. What I've got this in my head, though. It's like, boy, it feels like we've got the South Beltway. Like, pulling all this off again is just going to take a Herculean, long effort to do that with an East Beltway, which I think yeah. almost everybody listening agrees. It, I, I don't think you have to convince almost anybody in Lincoln. It would yeah. be, it's hugely needed. Yeah. And yeah. not only, not only just for ease of travel, if you're trying to get to the interstate from South Lincoln and other reasons, but like you said, Lincoln would then have what? I eighty on one side, seventy seven on one side, South Beltway on one side, East Beltway on the other side. Yeah, we have the full loop, a square. But yeah. how realistic? I mean, like, how realistic is is moving this thing along at any sort of a speed now? Well, how realistic in the nineties was it to get a South Beltway? Right? right. If if we don't start somewhere, right, it, it, it won't happen. Now. I, I look forward to a day when someone giggles and says, gosh, they thought they could put an East Beltway on 120th Street. Uh, That's you, true. You How know, far? Who, who knows We're going to have to build it in Omaha? You know, goes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we we do have a golden opportunity while we're still halfway through the Build Nebraska Act um, to to see if we can just link this up. Um, and, and this is a long ball, so I don't want to set expectations we can't live up to. But uh, there are some community leaders who have proposed, look, we've, we've got the bonding in place to do this uh, for the next uh, we're several years into paying for the South Beltway mm-hmm. but we have uh, some time to go it'll be a 10 year period that mm-hmm. we're paying for it over um, once that 10th year rolls out we could just roll over and start building East Beltway now there's a lot of work to do that yeah. that's a fast timeline that I just right. articulated but I do think we have a golden opportunity to try and even if we don't get construction started in year number 11 of our of our payments for Build Nebraska Act um, it's still going to pay off in the additional planning, the additional push, and the additional vision uh, for landowners, businesses, community leaders to to figure out what that's going to look like. So yeah. that that's really the opportunity that that we place here, and it's it's been the business community that's been leading the charge on on the South Beltway. It's going to be the business community again that's going to lead the charge on mm-hmm. the East Beltway. Business needs this. I wonder how far that how how far east that would go realistically if you're thinking of. 10, 15 years down the line on this. That, I mean, that's, that's a fascinating question. Yeah. Because in, like, you go to some areas of Lincoln, like, uh, especially in Northeast Lincoln, the, how far the city has grown to the east out there. Yeah. 
is crazy. Like, yeah. if you don't go out there a whole lot, there are development, like housing development. We went, it was, it was a couple years ago now, we went and we were looking at Christmas lights, and the paper put out the thing with all the addresses of great lights, and there was that area way out in east, northeast Lincoln. I was like, I didn't know any of this was even out here yeah. at yeah. this point. So it is growing. It's it's a it's a sign of health in the city that, that we're growing the way we are, that we're expanding the way we are. I, I, I would be concerned if we didn't have that type of growth. Um how do we capture that? How would how do we harness that? Then we have to build the my other idea that I'm sure is affordable is over the entire city a north south over like in the air raised uh, middle of the city highway type expressway situation. Yeah, I'm going to let a, my successor at the chamber stilted figure that one out. on stilts. <laughs> yes, all the way through speed limit about 80 on it. Nice. That's uh, those are my ideas for that one. The super so, mega mega overpass. Yes, the super mega mega overpass and it solves every <laughs> every problem that we've got traffic wise in the uh in the city of Lincoln. The Jack Mitchell Memorial super mega overpass? If you must, right? If if, if you have if to That's what it takes to get it built. What, if that's what it takes. <laughs> Hey, let's talk real quick about shopping local. Uh, it's uh, it's it's one of those deals where um, you know you're so many people buying Christmas gifts right now, and I think most people listening do have a you know a, a part of them where like yeah, I I want to make sure I'm supporting. I want to make sure I do that. Then it's just kind of a matter of doing it and. Yeah and and making sure it's you know it it's convenient and all of those things i know you guys have a, a kind of a guide that can maybe push people a little bit closer to the ability to do that too yeah for people that have that intention and and want to do that supporting local go to www.lcoc.com slash shop local again lcoc.com slash shop local it's a holiday gift guide right focused on uh, stores that you can purchase things on locally and it's it's really meant to be uh sort of an idea generator gosh i want to buy local this year i want to make sure i'm supporting my economy but i need gift ideas because i got a family that's hard to shop for right and a lot of us have that that quandary every year it's a great way to just get some ideas get you out get you shopping actually it's really good and like we all i bet everybody listening right now has somebody either in their family or a coworker or something that they got to get something for and they don't <laughs> like, what am I going to do? What am I going to get? Yeah. That was really good. It breaks it down like gifts for him, gifts for her, uh, gifts for kids, uh, beer and wine connoisseurs, foodies, stocking stuffers. Uh, this is really nice. This is a, it's a great guide to go to. So yeah. check that out, lcoc.com slash shop local, and a lot of really good ideas there as well. So, yeah. How's your Christmas shopping going? It it may not have started quite yet. <laughs> I'm I've got plenty plenty of time until December twentieth when is the official time to start shopping for, for the holidays. That's kind of how I am, and I'm different than everyone else in my family. Is like they they are all into it, you know, in November and talking yeah. about it, and I'm like. I don't quite like to think about this until, like you said, till about December twentieth. Then we just got different speeds on this at, whole thing. At least so. not till the turkeys put away. Exactly. Till you've had the last yes. leftover sandwich. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, check that out. lcoc.com slash shop local. Really handy web page there for Christmas shopping. All right, Jason, appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks here. All right. Thanks, sir. All right, there you go. Twenty four degrees in the capital city. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 836 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. December 6, 2022. Uh, Normally we have uh, John Baylor in this spot, and unfortunately uh, John's work duties call him this morning. And uh, so he is going to be unable to join uh, join us. You were able to hear him last night, though, talking with John Cook uh, on Sports Nightly. And then, of course, uh, when Nebraska Volleyball gets going with the much-discussed now morning first serve the day after tomorrow, 10 o'clock pregame, 9.30 prior to that. And then if they win... Uh, that'll be Saturday afternoon that they play, so a little bit better time. Still not in the into the evening, but that'll be Saturday afternoon if they win on on this thing. And as you heard in Caleb Sports, Coach Cook wasn't he doesn't mince words about much if he's got you know if he's got a feeling on something. Uh, about here's the, the thing I, I really appreciate about Coach John Cook as well as Wisconsin's coach as well. If you ever see them on, see him talk on social media, if there are issues with their sport that they have. They don't just sit back and say, well, there's an issue, but I better not talk about it. No, they address it head on. And this one in particular, Coach Cook talking with Baylor last night on Sports Nightly, is that he does not like that they're going to have a Sweet 16 volleyball match. You're down to the top 16 teams in the country, the final 16, and they're going to play at 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning. Right. Yeah. Yes, and 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 some people, and and this was even brought up in the interview. Some people say, "Well, you know, it's what the NCAA basketball tournaments uh, do." But the difference on that is, uh, at least for the men, and and maybe I need to check for sure on the women for this. But in the men, that those are the first and second round when they have like the eleven a.m. starts. They the start at eleven a.m. on TV, which those yeah. Thursday, Thursday and Friday, one of the greatest couple of days in sports, in my opinion. Uh, but you've got twice as many games. They don't do that for the Sweet 16, right? Mm-hmm. That second weekend, the Thursday night and the Friday night, are all. I think they have a game that probably starts at like maybe 5 p.m. Central mm-hmm. at the because they they got to get them all on TV. Like they want those big games as all in the primetime window, as many of them as they can. And the fans would, uh, you know, I think the fans would would be frustrated if they if they put those big games like that. At a ten a.m. at a ten a.m. first serve time uh, or tip off time in the case of could you imagine so. if you had a Kansas Gonzaga Sweet Sixteen game right right ten in the morning yeah North Carolina Baylor ten in the morning on a Thursday and and I guess there's probably I mean the networks I mean it's got to do with TV is is the the answer to all of this. And and I think the thought is that they extend out their inventory then, probably, and they say, well, look, you got more hours of volleyball on TV now than you would if you jammed either all eight matches or four matches and four matches Thursday and Friday, uh, jammed them into to two different nights. You've you you've got that, and, and they probably have, frankly, they probably have other things they want to put on TV Friday night. There's probably you know ESPN. You probably has college basketball, mm-hmm. perhaps that they went on 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 Friday night, and that might be part of the reason as well. But it it does stink because um, there are a lot of, especially there are a lot of kids and people who just have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> adults, yeah, uh, uh, adults who just uh, that you just you you miss out on what would is a huge match, which is kind of the pinnacle of the season. 
to this point so far. A do-or-die match uh, against against Oregon. And so hopefully for the sake of the fans, uh, for everybody who has to miss this one way or the other, uh, hopefully they can get the victory there and then come along and play what is likely going to be Louisville on Saturday for that afternoon match and a mm-hmm. trip then to the Final Four. Uh, it's you know it's so hard. I don't know why. I I, I would have talked about about this with Baylor today, uh, but he couldn't come on. But I would have talked about how I don't know. I just I should kick myself for even doing this. But it felt like in the weekend matches and 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 frankly the weekend before the Wisconsin Minnesota matches, it felt like Kenzie Knuckles being gone took such a toll not only on the X's and O's emotionally but emotionally on everything and I I don't know like they just I still don't know that they've looked in, in this tournament that they've they've looked like they're mm-hmm. you know they're still a little a decent ways from where they were when they peaked yeah. with the whole team which of course is going to happen when you take off a, a a huge defensive presence and senior leadership and everything that um, that Knuckles is on this team but You've just gotten used to her being in the back row for four years. Yeah. Then on the other hand, though, how many times has something like this happened in a season where it looks like this is going to kind of derail things, whatever that it might be, and and they all of a sudden they pull together, they pull something out like this. Cook seems like he's done it over and over and over again, so mm-hmm. there's, I, I, there's no reason I should be doubting it based on that track record. Well, and the, the thing is, is that Nebraska is still an incredibly talented team. Like there, there are still talents all over the floor. There's the reason that you're getting um, Macy Boziger coming in and being now a serving specialist. Now there's a role for her to go fill without Kenzie Knuckles playing across that back row and coming in and serving. You're seeing more Allie Batenhorst playing six rotations. Um, people have to step up to fill some of those roles that they just haven't had to. It's not that they're not talented enough to do so, just... You had someone who could play that role right. with Kenzie Knuckles. Um, Nicklin Hames, who missed the uh, the first match of the tournament, yep. um, missed the last match of the regular season. You've gotten used to her over five years, what she's able to do both setting and defensively. You're not going to have that next year. You're not going to have Maddie Kubik next year. Yes. Who are the players who are going to be able to step up now when you, are, when you need them to, now that it's the tournament? And... The thing is, with all of the recruiting and with the development from this coaching staff, from Coach Hunter, from Coach Reyes, the girls are talented enough. Like, they're talented enough to play these other roles. Just is there the chemistry there for them to go do that, for them to now be reliant on somebody else filling that role when, all right, normally I wouldn't be in for this rotation, but... Now with Kenzie out, I have to yeah. be over here. Now I have to play defense in a in a way that I didn't have to before. Yeah, yeah. That, and and who will step up? Will that happen? Um, those are those are the things that that you kind of wonder about. But again, it, it's happened so many times with with various things throughout the course of John Cook's career that it's um, that you, you have some confidence still going into this whole thing. By the way, I just pulled it up because I was curious uh, if you wanted to put a gamble down. And say, hey, if they make it to the final four, I want to be there because it's in mm-hmm. Omaha. But you know, if they make it to the final four, those prices, whoop, oh, they're going to go out of control. You, you can get it. You can get in the door as it stands right now from on the third party sites for seventy bucks. Seventy bucks per ticket. Okay. I mean, 
And here's is so that many- where I mean, what's that thing going to be? What's that thing going to be on Sunday if they if they do if they do go two and zero? Well, in the double. Thing- Easy. Triple? Easy. I, that's that is that's upper that's in the upper zone of the CHI center. Row, row L in section two thirty one. It'll be one fifty to two hundred. Think so? And, and here's the thing. That's not a bad in seventy bucks right now would not be a bad investment. For two right. tickets, seventy for a I mean it would cost seventy each, so hundred and forty yeah. for a pair. Would not be a terrible investment anyway, if you think about if Wisconsin gets back there too. They're going to travel not not as much as Nebraskans having this in their backyard, but you can get some decent ROI with just getting a Big Ten team there. Yeah, maybe I'd, something to think about if you're. <laughs> if, I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm thinking about it because it would be cool to actually. I mean, this would be a this would be a cool opportunity if it is in. Omaha. And I mean, if Louisville gets there, you got a former Husker who's coaching, so yeah. that'll draw a little bit. Not not the same. Uh, by the way, if you want to, or if you want to go premium on this thing, uh, section one hundred five, row AA, two tickets, one thousand three hundred fifty each. Okay, well, so maybe not such a good investment on that one. I'd rather pay the uh, HOA at the lead place. <laughs> the HOA, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we got we got this news too. Since we're we're hitting some sports things here. Um, I don't know if people have seen this yet, but Nebraska's first commit to the current class uh, out of Pierce, tight end out of Pierce, Ben Brommer, uh-huh. as he went and had a personal visit from Matt Rule. One of the Matt kind of went on last week and went on this state tour. He posted pictures from Norfolk, Norfolk and Scotts Bluff, and 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 uh, Norfolk to go to Pierce. And Ben Brommer was one of the guys he visited. Mm-hmm. He just flipped his commitment to Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it, isn't it? I'd I'd be fascinated to get in. You know, it's boy, it's just so much about relationships and who you know. I suppose it is. But like, even to get in the head of like Ernest Hausman, who's who's uh, what came on so strong this year as a freshman. He committed to Nebraska super early as well, mm-hmm. and out of Columbus High School, and he's apparently said that he's decided he ne- he wants to be somewhere else here. Yeah, at this point. Like, I just, I, I wonder, I'm not even being critical of anything, but I wonder what all goes into those decisions uh, when when you think about Nebraska so that, deciding that. That decision now is even different than it was five years ago. Five years ago, you don't have the one-time free transfer. Um, five years ago, you don't have the excess of players in collegiate sports because of the extra COVID year. And five years ago, you don't have name image likeness being legal. So now you have a marketplace if you are in the portal where you can go and be a free agent essentially in a way that you were never able to before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of upperclassmen. Now, Ernest Hausman's an underclassman, but there are upperclassmen who didn't get to chase the NIL dollars coming out of high school. There are those that didn't really get to chase that even with the weird recruiting that was during covid which were the 2020 which was the 2021 class so you have got just this this really weird combination of things so that's why as you heard in sports there's over a thousand players already that's both scholarship and walk-ons um so players that maybe weren't playing already and they're not necessarily going to find somewhere to play i know that becomes a big talking point on the well they're not going to find somewhere to play well they may, maybe they weren't playing anyway 
and they're just trying to see if yeah. there's someone else out there. But for a lot of these higher end athletes, like an Ernest Hausman, or like a lot of there are some five star quarterbacks hitting the portal. There are starting offensive linemen for Alabama in the portal. Right. They're chasing some NIL dollars that maybe they didn't have the opportunity to chase before. Maybe. Maybe. And that, that's one that's just one of the reasons that for some other people, it might be that they want a change of scenery. They had a, a coaching change. Um it, it might be that they want to go just play somewhere else that they know they've got a friend or a buddy or a sibling who's going to be going to that school. Right. Yeah. And 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 in fact, I just see a, a tweet right now. The Journal Star had a piece where they must have talked to Brahmer, and uh, he said Coach Rule and Satterfield are great people and coaches. I flip because of the trust and relationships at Iowa State. Yeah, he's yeah. known them longer yeah. for sure. Yep, he's and they stayed on him. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, even though it looked like for sure he was going to Nebraska, because you, I guess, you never know on some of these things when when a coach leaves, you got to be ready to pounce. Well, and that was one of the God. things that if recruiting anyone, sounds terrible, if anyone was committed to Nebraska and you were recruiting against Nebraska, you absolutely wanted to stay on every single one of those players in the twenty twenty three class mm-hmm. because you knew there was. You knew Scott Frost was on the hot seat coming into the year, but then as soon as they made the coaching change to now you have interim Mickey Joseph, it's okay, well, the odds are low of Mickey Joseph getting the the permanent job. You stay on every one of those recruits because you knew that you were going to have a longer relationship with a lot of those players than right. anyone who was coming in. You almost make a list of guys who are on teams that you've You've kicked the, the tires on, the on where the coach is on the hot seat. Yes. Like that's a whole category of player. Yeah. That you've that's its be own strategy of. with recruiting. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, one other real quick thought. Uh, I know Greg Sharp joined us last Thursday. He, he seemed to be of the thinking that Casey Thompson was likely to come back. Mm-hmm. Still haven't heard anything right. on that. But you also haven't seen his name or really a whole lot of super significant names jump into the transfer portal so far. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. They keep coming fast and furious, by the way. Right. Even this morning from other from other teams, other schools at this point. Um, Nebraska's not nearly as, if you want to say, as bad with players hitting the portal as some other schools. But you would think with a coaching change... Uh, it would be, you know, it and, makes and, sense and you did have Hausman, and he he was, you know, one of the one of the three or so that you wanted to stay as much yeah. as anyone, just because he's so so young, and you've seen how quickly that he developed that position. Um, but after that, you know, I, I assume Casey Thompson's still up there. I guess it's still a, a matter of if if there's mutual interest from both uh-huh. of them in doing that, but you haven't like, you haven't heard AJ Allen, the running court running back who injured his knee. He hasn't, you haven't seen anything from him. And I keep like, I keep waiting. Oh man, when's it going to come that this, this deluge of Husker players, right. We're going to see all these transfer portal things. And so far it hasn't happened. I don't know what to make of that. I, it's very intriguing because you'll see with a, a coaching change. Think about when Wisconsin went to interim Jim Leonard. You saw a lot of Wisconsin players speak out and say, all right, I'm going to hit the portal. Announced it then. Nebraska didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So you, you went through that whole interim time where you didn't have just the, the, the waterfall of players hitting the portal. Now that you're into the transfer window, you haven't had that happen yet. Um, speaking on Casey individually, I think he's set up to be in a really good position to be the starting quarterback again. Um it would be nice for him to have uh, the connectedness between a head coach and a coordinator and um, quarterbacks coach and everyone be on the same page for a whole season, what that can look like. Um, but there's also some really good quarterbacks in the portal. 
Not, not not to say you go get somebody over Casey, but right. it, you, you, if you start thinking about where your program is for the next year and Matt right. Rule's coming in for year one, is there someone else out there that he goes, I really like this guy for my system right? or what we're going to run? Yeah. Uh, it, and then can you get somebody who's going to come in and you need a backup too, uh, d- depending on who stays, who doesn't, what you want to do. Can you, is somebody, can you pick somebody up out of the portal who wants to be a backup? I mean, I guess they kind of did last year. Yeah. Or do you feel comfortable that you can develop guys in a way that the University of Nebraska hasn't developed yeah. quarterbacks lately? Because uh, they've got to have a backup. They've got to have oh, a backup yeah. they feel comfortable with. this year. I think we learned that last year. You've got to be incredibly intentional about that because, let's be honest, every year for, I mean, since, I don't know, since like Tanner Lee's year with Riley, you've gone to that backup to start T- at Tanner the Lee's game. the last quarterback to play an entire season. Yeah. And before that, you got to go back to, I think, Tommy Armstrong played one year yeah. um, for the full year. And then before that, it was Taylor it's Martinez. It's becoming less and less and less frequent. Yeah, it was a, it was a thing to... that you would get four out of every five years where the quarterback would play the whole year year now you're getting one out of five yep yep exactly we talked about it on the tailgate show so anyway a little uh since we now baylor today a couple of couple of things on the husker sports uh topic listen don't forget people do forget this nebraska beat creighton on sunday yeah by 10 points. red that, state baby that's not changed that was not a dream in the most happened. non-political way to say it red state baby and uh they uh they head out now to uh bloomington indiana take mm-hmm. on the hoosiers in the candy stripe pants so we'll see if they can keep the magic going Wednesday night here on KLIN. All right, 853, we'll take a break, uh, give you a little bit of more information about what's going on this morning. Wrap up the show right after this on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400-993 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499-3 KLIN. We have an email. I think we we said this last Friday, but we need to make it official. This this Friday, for Request Line Friday, we're doing Christmas songs you love to hate. You love to hate Christmas songs you love to hate. I'm sorry for not having mentioned that earlier this week. It is Tuesday, and I do encourage you to be Brad the Fox Hollow already put his in. He remembered. Did he? All right. So it's Christmas songs you love to hate this week. I think we'll probably do holiday themed. I'm going to look for some slightly different holiday themes the next two weeks. You know, than than we did last year, maybe. So, if you have any ideas for that, I'm open to them. But I know we did love to love. Maybe we'll still do that for the last week before Christmas. Yeah. We'll see. But I think we maybe need a third holiday genre to look at for the week after this. But well, for now, Christmas songs you love to hate. Yeah. So we're gonna get we're gonna end up getting three Christmassy we got ones. Three. Like, yeah, we'll do three of them. But, we did straight this last week. For those of you who don't like Christmas music, too we are early. gonna have a year end one. A year end Friday or Friday Oscar will, tailgate request line Friday. We will right before New Year's. Friday. I don't know the days of when any. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. Was that December thirtieth? Yeah. All right. Year end. Uh, year end request line Friday on December thirtieth. So anyway, uh, but it's Christmas songs you love to hate, and this one is uh, so bad that it's good. Is what we experienced last year, and it resulted. And I'm sure. Whoop! Did do. <laughs> Dippity a zippity dop and doop It's the holiday season. <laughs> Swear. Uh, no, that, it 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 resulted in some of the. Uh, it, my stomach hurt from laughing last year when people kept requesting the the Bob Dylan Christmas album. <laughs> We pretty much played the whole album. Like he was c- clearing his throat during. <laughs> I mean. <it> was... <laughs> 
I'm sure that'll make a return. But get your requests in now. The Christmas songs you love to hate. We'll, uh, we'll have some fun with it. We'll all commiserate together with those Christmas songs. All right. Hey, tomorrow's What Chaps Tried Wednesday. Uh, John, ba- John Bishop's going to join us as well. So we will see you then. It is 9 o'clock on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN Lincoln.